So you wanna know how to beat chronic pain. Well, in today's episode, we are diving deeper in the series of how to beat chronic pain and pain management, pain science, all that stuff. Uh, yesterday, we opened up a really big topic. We covered the six, um, uh, what am I, what's Core the Core concepts. Core concepts, yeah. We're gonna go into that deeper right now. If this is the first time rolling with the Unity Tribe, uh, we're usually a bit more professional and organized than this, but um, anyway, my name's Yanni Bormeister. Behind the camera, we've got Richard Lellies. Together with my brother, Rad, we founded Unity Gym and the UMS program. Now, if you want to know the secrets to our success, you can download all of our awesome, awesome, awesome philosophies and content principles and uh, sort of hacks on movement, nutrition, and flexibility, strength, nutrition, flexibility. You can go to our website, www.unitygym.com. It's at the bottom of every page in the free resources section. Now, to my left, I have Phil White, uh, AKA Dr. Phil, hates me saying it, but I say it every time, every despite time. his best uh, efforts <laughs> to stop me. Uh, the reason why, it's a bit of an inside joke, uh, Phil's done a doctorate in physi physiotherapy. Incorrect. Doctor of physiotherapy, doctor that's, of that's the fine detail there. I don't have a doctorate. That's, that's why right, yeah, yeah, okay. No so MD, opposite. no doctorate, yeah, but I am yeah. a doctor of physiotherapy. Yeah, so there you go. And so I just take the piss and yeah. uh, uh, and criticise him a lot for not getting a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when uh, eight solid years of uni was not enough. No, that's exactly <laughs> right. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Now, we are to steer us back, to steer this ship back in the right direction, so we don't hit an iceberg and sink. Uh, we are deep diving into pain science, and yesterday in the the six um, uh, core principles of uh, what do we call them? We called them. Uh, the six core concepts core of pain concepts science. Core concepts of pain science. Number one is that 100% of the time, pain derives from the brain. And uh, unlike what we're sort of led to believe, which is that we have these pain receptors all over our body that, um, that are triggering the pain when there's damage to the tissue there, uh, we don't really. It's not really how it works. And that's what we're trying to go deep on because... As we highlighted yesterday, pain management is something that is a real big problem in society. And we're, you know, for, for many, many years, the go-to has just been to prescribe really heavy, addictive, in many cases, life-altering opiate drugs to sort of um, help uh, manage the, the discomfort. But it's not really, tr it's treating the, the symptom, not the cause. And, uh, and and often not treating the symptoms very well. Very well, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, as we talked about yesterday, it's such a massive burden on the healthcare system. And I mean, the, the stats were used from the American system where it's uh, it was $635 billion a year. And that was back in 2012. And the opiate epidemics only got worse. Uh, yeah, so um, it'd be even more. And we is, actually only quoted 600, over $600 billion, yeah. But then we, when we went back to... Uh, have a look at some more accurate data from now. Uh, it's yeah, when, uh, you, the when last you're rounding off $35 billion, just like, that's, <laughs> that's when you know you're... Uh, yeah, you know that the number's yeah. big, you know. But and as, as we said yesterday, it's more than uh, cancer, diabetes, and heart disease combined. The budget spent on preventative measures are more than those three combined, and they are the three biggest killers in, in, in humanity yeah. today. So and when we say preventative measures there, I'd, I'd argue that's like, you know, I'm, I'm big on using like precise words here, and I think yeah. the fact that um, when you're saying there is preventative for, for pain, it's not quite right. It's more reactive, really. Reactive, yeah, you're and right. It's, you Absolutely, know, like you're it, right. I mean, I'm sure there is a budget that goes into sort of preventive pain stuff, but the vast majority of it comes down to medication, and that's yeah. really reactive. And so... Uh, yeah, it's it's such a huge epidemic, on, you know, costs 
so much money for you know all of the uh, world's healthcare systems, but it has poor outcomes. Yeah. Like the fact that they're spending all that money and still, still everyone's addicted to opiates and are still in lots of pain and not being able to achieve what they want to achieve in their life because they're held back from their pain, That's not exactly able to right. you know engage in um, exercise, which then has flow-on effects to um, you know those other things we talked about: cardiovascular disease, diabetes, um, uh, all cancer. of the and cancer. Like yep. the fact that you know pain is such a limiting factor for all of these other healthy behaviors yep, and happiness. Exactly right. So it's yep. huge. And that's why we're going into it. And I think it's really well-timed that it's after our goal-setting talk because I think you know, uh, one of the big things with setting goals and trying to achieve them is, is overcoming barriers. And one of the biggest yep. barriers to, um, to getting into your physical goals, at least, as well as many other goals, is, is pain. It's, it's chronic pain. That's exactly right. And, and often injury. Now, um, to, to, I think one of the best ways that we could start this show off is to actually address some of the questions that have yeah, come through. Yeah, absolutely. Because what we're going to talk about today, guys, and I had a really, really great conversation with, I only train uh, really two people. Uh, uh, they're one-on-one uh, clients. They're sort of affluent uh, CEOs who um, are um, of a, a mature age, you know, around the mid-50s. And and uh, I had a really good chat with one of my um, uh, my guys who's become a friend of mine um, in regards to you know his big hairy audacious goals when he came here because he came compromised. He had uh, really um, sort of decent back injury and, and he'd been to see some surgeons and three out of four surgeons had said to, that he needed a spinal fusion and, and huge surgical intervention. And uh, we, despite their best efforts to put him on the table and cut him up, we convinced him not to and that's not to say that if you've been told you need spinal um, surgery that the, we're telling you not to do it but in this specific but circumstance the, uh, the joys of a second opinion slash fourth opinion there fourth opinion that's exactly right it's very you know? expensive and you know that's a hard thing for you know a lot of people to afford four different specialists to have a look at you so that's exactly right definitely you know? acknowledge that so we uh, we went to town rehabbing this guy and his big hairy audacious goal we talked about this and the why and all that was that he would just love to be able to play golf and swing a golf club again and you know he's getting to that age where it's kind of groovy to join a, a, a prestigious golf club and that's something he wanted to do but he couldn't swing a golf club his back was so stuffed so he's he's since um, done all that and he's achieved everything he wanted to achieve and he's playing golf he's joined the golf club he's playing golf once a week now and he wants to start ramping that up and he's sort of talking to me about you know this issue that we've really overcome now you know and I had a deep conversation with him about I'd, this concept. I'd like to just like pause there again because I am a bit of a stickler for words but you just kind of offhandly said like that you know his back was stuffed yeah. and like stuffed has the implication that it's something that you know once it's stuffed it's done it's like done. You, yeah, you can't yeah, right. fix it and so I think it's really important to like kind of just be really aware of the language we use around pain and injury yeah. because as we're talking about today with with pain identity and an injury identity um, the words you use to describe your condition or the way that um, health professionals and you know personal trainers use to describe your condition will really impact your own thoughts, moods, and beliefs that has long-term effects. How good is he? How good is he? He's pulling me up. And I'm a huge believer of this. This is something that we talked about yeah, around it's so psychology easy to do. and, and goal-setting like, psychology. We, yeah, that's yeah. right, you know. And and uh, it's something that you – I cannot stress to you enough. The, the words that come out of your mouth – contribute on such a high level to, to your program and your story and all of that. So anyway, to jump back on topic, it feels absolutely right. And I agree with him 110 million percent. <laughs> when I was when I was having this discussion, I said, you know, the next step of your your process, your journey is not to get much stronger or much more flexible. It's to once and for all, 
separate yourself from this pain identity that you've formed over the last 20 years of your life of this compromised guy who's got a buggered back, you know, and because it's not anymore, you know, and irrespective of whether from time to time you feel stiffness or this or that, you've, that's, that's behind you now, you know, and, uh, and I think playing golf more regularly is a great way to reaffirm to yourself and your brain that yes, you are no longer a compromised human. Yeah. No. And I think one thing, like an interesting note to think about is that if you were to scan this guy's back, uh, you know, back when he wasn't able to play golf, um, and before he started training, you know, full on with, with Yanni, and um, we'll just mention that he also does quite a lot of other activity. He now walks, he's moved closer to his work, so he can walk everywhere. He gets in three swims a, uh, a week, so he's really... Five he's, now. He's done five, five so, yeah, yeah, so he's gone really big on... And he gets um, a weekly massage with Phil, just yeah. because he's a slut like me and likes to <laughs> lie on the table and get touched. Yeah, good with the words. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'd I, I just like to point out that if you were to scan his back... Uh, <coughs> before he started all this and now afterwards, um, you might kind of hope that you'd see like There's this not, magical change be, where he's, he's, he's got like a 20-year-old, you know, sort of super spine of a <laughs> yeah. healthy young person. But if you look at it, it will likely look almost exactly the same. Yeah, that's exactly And right. so I think that's just such an, a key thing to understand here and what we talked about yesterday with, uh, I guess, uh, pain not being always representative of damage is that if you were to scan this guy's back now and, and have a look at it, they might still be referring him off to surgeons, yeah. but his functional um, ability is, and his his pain experience and his his you know the the things he's able to do are totally different to where he was a year ago. Yeah, absolutely right, absolutely right. Okay, so do you want to dive into um, who who which which question would you like to dive oh, yeah, into? Start from first? the top. We always like to, uh, I guess, encourage the people who get in there early and get in there um, with. Yep. Um, Three hours, so it's going to be Graham first. Oh, well, he's, oh, oh, that's only three hours ago. So it'd be Dave Baxter first. That's 15 hours ago. So that he would have got in first. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought he yeah. was... I was so sure yeah. that um, Jay no, was no. first. Okay, anyway. Graham Baxter. So, um, there is a lot here. And good on you guys yeah, for... Really uh, for um, like, people have really opened up and shared a lot about themselves. And so we're just... We're not going to have time to answer everybody, but we've got a couple of really good ones here, and it's really in, in line with what we're talking about today. So yeah. I thought it'd be a good way to kick it off. Yeah. So Dave said, after a traumatic lower back injury in my 20s, I spent 15 years thinking the injury continued to haunt me, always hurting on a daily basis. I finally discovered through my doctor and prescribed physical therapist that the pain I was carrying th with me uh, was a pinched nerve, sciatic nerve. Uh, it was a re um, revelation to realize that the nerve was firing faultily from oversensitivity, and it was a sensation pain that I could literally work through, retraining my nervous system to mostly stop sending me the pain signals. There were days that squatting or stretching my hamstrings would instantly send jolts of electric numbing pain down my leg, and yet, if I just kept going, nothing was actually wrong. And having suffered actual acute injuries before, this was definitely not how um, injuries worked. Acute injuries let you know they're hurt, and with it very additional stress, with every additional stress you put, try and put it at, it would hurt more. I spent 15 years ignoring the, my lower body because of this, but it was the last few years I've regained nearly all the mobility and strength I thought I'd lost forever. So 15 years ignoring is more better word would be neglecting his lower body. He hadn't trained his lower body for 15 years yeah. because of this um, issue he was having. Yeah, I still squat and deadlift relatively light uh, weights compared to to most because I have so much catching up to do. But the fact I can put weight on these movements at all uh, was something that the pain signals I was receiving were never going to let me consider without a very conscious and careful strategy to get past it. <coughs> Can I just stop you there for a sec? Because that's the end of a paragraph. Now, um, uh, Dave, if you're watching this or if you catch this episode, that is 
absolutely 100% fine that you're lifting slightly lower than other people because remember, the, uh, you, you've, uh, you've spoken about two lifts, deadlift and squat, that require a real, real focus on progressive overload because it's about banking reps and conditioning all of the bodies. We speak about this a lot, especially with the deadlift and the squat. They're such good exercises, but most of the time, they, they, those exercises don't injure people. What injures people is the, the, the pace that they try to increase the load without allowing their body to properly adjust. And, and, and the, fact, the very fact that you've highlighted that you neglected your lower body for 15 years means that you're starting way behind the people that are probably listening yeah to we talk about training age quite a lot and training age being like how much time have you spent conditioning your body to deal with these sort of activities and if you've done that for you know someone's done something consistently for 20 years their body's going to be really well adapted to it so good idea to start low and um as, just progress through exactly yeah, as I've talked that, about before, it's, absolutely does not mean that you can't ever lift heavy you yeah. know you just need to continually slowly and progressively overload the body just like everyone else yep um so i'll continue on so i can now distinguish the different kind of jolt i get from a pinched nerve and the pain i get from actual minor sprains and strains etc uh once you something on glom onto the diff difference i think yeah. it, um, uh, that might just be a colloquial term it's not difficult to keep track of uh, what your body is telling you and why even when it's misfiring and sending you contradictory signals but it's a journey, and one you uh, you take only when you absolutely have to. But it is so much better than the alternative of suffering through the false pain forever and ever. And learning how to mobilize your uh, touchy area generally helps uh, with any justified pain signals, aka real pain too. So I guess that last bit is um, when we talk about the sensitization. Yep. Um, so some areas, yeah, if you... Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, um, uh, uh, Dave has really uh, just shared... Uh, and a personal experience of exactly what we were talking about yesterday, which is sort of reinforcing what we were talking about yesterday. Um, and I think the key, the highlight that I got out of this the most, which I learned the most out of this is, you know, here, um, um, Dave identifying that the, although he was getting this nerve um, reaction, which was sending this really intense pain, which is very, very real, it didn't necessarily, as Phil highlighted yesterday, and as we highlighted yesterday, the experience of pain that you're feeling does not necessarily correlate to the damage or the level of damage that's occurring or has occurred in the tissue. The two can be completely dis like um, disconnected. So the fact that he was still experiencing this jolting pain down his leg, but the, the, the tissue damage had healed a long time ago, you yeah. know? So, and I think that's a really important point to yeah. highlight. And so there's two really important things that I want to highlight there, which is when I was talking yesterday about um, the signal doesn't always match, like the stimulus doesn't always match your pain experience. Sometimes it does. And like that's really important to understand as well is that, you know, you don't want to think about like there's always, you know, if you're feeling intense pain is like it's all in, as I'm kind of really keen to make quite clear, saying it's all in your head is not to discount the pain and not to say that it's, you know, not important, not real. Um, and yeah, sometimes people have a really, you know, when they get kicked in the shins and it really bloody hurts, it like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair I enough. Can, I, I can give you an example. When I fell off the horse when I was a kid, and I hurt, I, I um, essentially spiral fracture. I didn't snap my spine, but I caused a compressive fracture to my spine to three of the vertebra. Uh, it was the pain was real, man, and I yeah, remember and coming is... to, and I had been like lying on the ground. If you've ever seen The Simpsons and Homer Simpson doing his like walk along the ground in circles on the floor, that's what my body was doing because it was in such a high state of, uh, I guess, shock. I yeah. don't know. And that's you know? a that's a totally like appropriate response to 
that pain experience because yeah. what again your pain is uh, your brain's perceived threat and so if you've just fallen off a horse and, uh, a horse and fractured your spine then that is a lot of threat to your body, body and That's your well-being right. and your survival so it makes a lot of sense to be send some serious signals there to be like hey whatever just happened there is we can't be doing, doing that, that again That's, and we yeah. won't be like and don't do anything now that might put your you know back at further risk if you were to get up and move so yeah, yeah. that pain like that pain response is totally appropriate it's the chronic pain when the um the response starts to become inappropriate where um you uh, i guess for this example of you know he's um, which is going on to my second point which is it's really interesting that um, he had this really intense pain and um, it was only after he had the reassurance of the doctor and the physio saying, hey, you know, you can continue on doing these activities that you may, you maybe thought you couldn't. So before he had had that reassurance, all the thoughts, moods and beliefs about, you know, uh, there's something wrong with me, my nerves are, you know, stuffed. stuffed. Yeah, I've got muscles <laughs> um, that are compromised. Yeah, exactly. So he's buggered. Exactly. Know, yeah. So he's he's got a, a, an amount of sort of threat. And as we've talked about, as I just mentioned, that your pain is your perceived threat. So his threat levels are really high. And so any signals getting sent up there are going to be super amplified. Yeah. But now he's had this reassurance from the doctor and, and the physio that uh, the physical therapist here that you know there's there you've had an injury but you're fine to continue resuming your activities and so he was able to go through with that confidence so he's turned down that threat level and in turn has been able to get into movement which has um you know mentally it's you know given him confidence that he can do these movements without serious pain and understands the signals that he's getting and his brain has readjusted to that to you know give him little jolts here and there but and I think this is, this is a key point. And, and if you take one thing from this entire discussion, this is probably something to consider taking out of this. That, in my opinion, is what a physiotherapist is for. So if you guys experience a traumatic um, pa uh, pain, like acute injury or chronic pain, you're, you should not go to the physio expecting that they're going to manipulate a few things and that pain is going to be fixed instantly yeah, you know fixing fixing issue, you know <laughs> you you go for the guidance and the education because this is what these guys specialize in being able to determine whether the what the appropriate course of action is going forward and then guiding you on that course of action um and which i might just point out is something that's i guess been a more recent change in the physio space um and that if you do see someone who maybe trained like 30 years ago and then hasn't done any continued education and like they might take a, a slightly different approach and I'm really pleased that now in the, in physio school like you spend like there's a really hu huge focus on this side of yeah, yeah, things so yeah, not to say right. that you should see only see new grads um, but just but to be aware the, that it's the, also the it's, obligation of a uh, of a specialist of a healthcare specialist same with us to continually educate yourself you yeah. kind of have to do it because things are changing a lot and yeah. we're learning a lot about the body you know we didn't know a lot about the body yeah, exactly. 50 or 100 years ago and that's when the education literature was put together you know yeah. so that's really something i want you know like as what Phil said there and we sort of brushed over it in many cases, the experience and the mechanism are aligned. You know, the feeling and the pain response is aligned to the amount of tissue damage. And it's not really the best thing for you to be deciding whether it is or not. That's where you go and see someone. And that's where you get the guidance of a good physiotherapist or in America, physical therapist um, to determine, you know, what, what the best course of action is. Yeah. You know? And I don't so, want to start encouraging people to go out and deadlift and squat who are experiencing a, a chronic pain yeah. if they haven't sp spoken with someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with all of this, like, you know, and, and with Dave's example here, like, 
you know, we're giving you as much information as we can around it, but again, take the specific advice to a, a, a specific person. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so just to kind of clarify things that I guess when there is an appropriate response, um, as we talked about here, the falling off your horse, you get that appropriate response. But um, you know, he's clearly had some inappropriate response here, where he's had this um, this injury and it's, it's haunted him on a daily basis for a long time. And so, again, it's those parts of you, you, either your um, physiological system, if you want to know go into detail about this, go watch our video yesterday if you haven't already, but it's a physiological system that can, um, at the spinal cord level, amplify your pain. If you've got um, kind of an oversensitized nervous system from inflammation or um, hormonal sort of uh, changes, so with adrenaline or without adrenaline or um, that kind of thing. And then in the brain, it's about your thoughts, moods and belief, which then again, amplify or turn down those signals as well. So yeah. just, if you, again, if you haven't watched that, go back and watch yesterday. And now, now, just quickly on that, the, the sa exact same thing happened to me with my spine. And uh, for many, many years, I thought that I couldn't do a deadlift and I couldn't do a squat because immediately when I attempted these movements, I felt quite a s severe reaction in my lower back that was a very nervy pain and it was intense. It was full on, you know, and that was even uh, 12 years um, after the injury. So as we discussed yesterday, there the tissues, the bone especially has healed long time ago, you know, and often as after a, a fracture, bone heals stronger than it was before, you know. So there was no reason why I couldn't do this. The thing that was getting in my way was my ego and the fact that I was trying to train at, um, at a level that my peers were lifting weights at who had never had a compromise or a, a serious injury like that. And uh, I was just trying things that were way too heavy for the, for, for, for the point that I should have been entering at at that point. You know, I thought, why can't I pick up 100 or 140 kilo deadlift? I get this reaction every time. I hadn't done the work. I hadn't banked the reps. I hadn't convinced my brain. And sometimes it's about tricking your brain into going, hey, hang on a minute, yeah. I'm actually okay. You know? Yeah, which is something that we're going to be going into on Friday about the tactics to overcome this. There's some really um, well-researched sort of, uh, tactics to overcome this. But if I start going to that now, then we won't get through yeah. the rest of it. So we'll right. stay tuned for Friday for um, the how to trick your brain into, into doing all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, now, if we go on to um, the next person, I guess. Oh, there's something else I wanted to just briefly mention there. Sorry, I got a bit uh, distracted there. No, it'll come to me later. We'll go on to um, <laughs> we'll go on to Jay. Um, so, <coughs> Jay Sissom, aka Ratmaster Three, love that name. Um, so he said here that uh, chronic pain has played a huge part in my own life, but thankfully I came uh, across the work of Dr. John E. Sano, a therapist in the UK uh, called Georgie Oldfield, who runs uh, Serpa UK. Uh, the work of Dr. Sano has cured millions of people worldwide, and yet so many people still aren't aware of it because the cure is free. There is no pills, no physiotherapy that's needed, no equipment. It all comes down to the knowledge and understanding of how the brain works and why we have chronic pain. So I'd like to just pause there and point out when he says no therapy, physiotherapy that's needed, and this really gets um, me frustrated, which is um, and something that I always have to... I, I, yeah, I just get really frustrated about, which is that people... <laughs> Fire up, Phil. Yeah, that people... Um, that physiotherapy is a... Um, it's a profession, yeah. but because of the way that physiotherapies have uh, treated patients over the years, there's this sort of there's a stigma. Well, no, it's it's not that. It's that that people see physiotherapy as a treatment. Yeah. Like like when you're getting physiotherapy, that means different things to different people. Some some people that means uh, exercises. To some people it means that they're lying on a bed and getting things done to them. Uh, you know, three times a week for like, uh, you know, 
months or yeah, years. years. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so physio, like getting physiotherapy done to you is what I'm really keen to try and change the understanding around, which is that you consult with a physiotherapist to figure out what you need to do. Yeah. Like it's not getting done to you, you're learning yeah. what to do. Yeah, so yeah, just exactly to point right. out there that, you know, there's Think no of a physiotherapist as a health consultant. Yeah, I like know, that. And they're going to determine the best course of action. And that might be massage, that might be manipulation, that might be... Um, consulting like we're doing right now and, and strategizing. That might be designing a program for you and, and taking you out onto the gym floor, which Phil does often with his clients. Uh, um, I think uh, I've had hands people. on one of my clients or two of my physio clients. Of all the physio clients I've had, I think yeah. I've maybe done a hands-on thing for two of them yeah. and everyone else is on the gym floor. Yeah. So. And he yeah. gets a real mix. He has like um, elite level athletes yeah. and uh, and weekend warriors and everyday people and desk bound people, you know? Yeah. Okay, so... Continue on. The next one's the part that I had the biggest problem with. Uh, so where were we? We had... Um, uh, like we haven't finished that one. So another YouTube channel to look on is Pain Free and You and Healing Rule of Victory. Definitely check it out. Uh, bo- uh, books by Dr. E. Sano and also Steve uh, Osnich will help you on the journey to regain control of your life. The syndrome the body suffers with is called TMS, Tension Myoneural Syndrome, uh, which is also rebranded to Too Much Stress or the Mind-Body Syndrome. Uh, Norman Deutsch's book is also very interesting. So on the TMS that he's mentioned there, the Tension Myoneural Syndrome, <laughs> I had a look at um, Dr. Sano's work, and I think you've just... Um, when I, I could only find Tension Myositis Syndrome, which is, I'm sure, what you were talking about there, but... Um, that's one of the issues with these sort of overcomplicated, um, you know, jargony names is that yeah. <laughs> like often they don't really mean anything to people and, uh, and then that's not at all to, um, take away from what this guy is pr- uh, professing. Like I, I had a look at, um, I guess just the basics of his approach to he- healing pain and I totally agree, um, with his approach, which is, as you said, it's not about pills, it's about kind of understanding your brain. It seems like there's lots of journaling in there, there's um, getting into regular activities and exercise. And I totally, 100% love that. I just sometimes get a bit frustrated when people come up with their own syndromes just to... Yeah, that's that's uh, the the thing that we discussed before coming on and I 100% agree. It it creates a level of complexity around an issue that's actually quite simple. And it overcomes a... And it, and it gives you a pain identity again. Yeah, that's like exactly it's, you right. Just kind I'm of suffering <laughs> tension myo uh, neural syndrome. Yeah, you know? exactly. When, and when, this is the this is the exact thing that they're trying to break down. So here's yeah. the thing, and I know this from a business owner. It's a marketing ploy, uh, and that's yeah. 100% it. It's about being able to create a uniqueness around your brand, and that's totally cool. I get it. He needs to do that to 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 be, to be unique and different and to attract people, yeah. but it doesn't help the grand scheme of things. Now, that's not to say that his methods aren't brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I haven't done as much research as Phil, and I, it's, what it sounds like is that he is absolutely bang on the money, and to therefore, be, thank be, you very, very much. just very clear, I only had a quick look at his Wikipedia page. I just saw this message when I woke up this morning, and I've been, uh, yeah, only had yeah. a chance to have a quick look at it. So, so thank you very much, Jay, for sharing. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm glad uh, that and, he's had such a, you know, huge impact on yeah, what it's absolutely doing? brilliant. And also, mate, I'm very much uh, um, grateful for your style of copywriting here where you leave lots yeah. of white space on the page. It's so very nice. nice and, Unlike and, uh, you, Graham Ricketts, who <laughs> we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. No, no, no. Uh, I like nice short um, uh, sentences and paragraphs because yeah, my, yeah, my creative brain just goes all over the place. I, I used to be a bit dyslexic and have problems, so uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just so nice. Found his, uh, Are you a copywriter, Jay? Is that what you do? <laughs> Do or are you a marketing no, expert? He's a rat master. Uh, I, yeah. I want to know because it's very rare that people break up. Most people. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I love it. 
<laughs> okay, Graham. This is the one. All right. Fascinating stuff, guys, and great comments below, says Graham. I have chosen, uh, I have a close relation who has all but given up on beating their chronic SI, so sacroiliac joint pain, following surgery, which has left the musculature on one side very weak and out of balance, in my opinion. Uh, if I tell them it's all in the brain, I'll probably be shot in the face. <laughs> I will share the series with them and follow up. Uh, they put up with the pain, pop coat, um, they pop codeine. Yeah, pop codeine and days. most days and see the Cairo once a month. I got them to try some light deadlifting recently and they were, recently, and they were fine. Uh, if no LFX, if no LFX, I will encourage Absolutely, more. yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously it's, it must be progressive. Uh, let, you know, let me start with this because it's uh, – and then Phil will probably tell you the right answer. Um, <laughs> I am so, so firm on the belief – that uh, psychology affects everything. And people often will become, you know, uh, the closest people to you will be the hardest to impact. And people hold on to identities. Their ego protects them from change. And if this person has become the compromised person who likes popping codeine pills and doesn't like to exercise, and they've got a reason and, and, a, and a valid reason for that for themselves because they are, you know, they were, um, they were, they, they had an injury at some point that um, caused them a lot of discomfort and, and it's scary. Pain, feeling uh, um, intense pain is scary. It's not something that I wish upon anyone. I've certainly had my fair share of intense pain. Uh, and it's something that you get used to it's in everything, in exercise as well. You know, exercise can be painful uh, at times. And um, especially for me, um, I used to box. It was, it was painful. It's painful getting punched in the head. But you get used to it, believe it or not. And, and the first time it happens, it feels a lot worse than the last time it happens, you know? Yeah. There's one thing that I, um, I'm a big Seth Godin fan. I was listening to him being interviewed the other day, and he was talking about um, uh, with marathon running. He was saying that, you know, when the best people in the world run a marathon, they still get tired, but, and which is, you know, when someone who's just starting out to try a marathon, they get tired as well. But what the people who have, you know, trained to run marathons very well have done is they've learnt where to put the tide. Yeah. Like they've learnt how to mentally deal with the tide and put it in a place where it's not it's an not assault on their, yeah. you know, being an identity and, and, and making them like hurt. They've just learnt where to put that tide. Yeah. And he was talking about how it's exactly the same when you're, you know, you're, you're wanting to achieve your goals, but you hit those kind of emotional blocks. And, um, and the same can be applied with pain is you're just learning where to put that pain. Like, yeah. That's exactly right. You yeah. know? And, and that pain might just be, you know, you're just putting it to the side and you're, and you've, if you, this is assuming that you've been, you know, cleared to do whatever you are wanting to do. It's that you're, you're putting it in that place. You're like appreciating, respecting your body. trying to be really helpful and, and to, you know, it's always just looking out for you to like, you know, it's that perceived threat again. It's trying to help you be safe. But once you've kind of, you know, learnt that, you know, what I'm doing is in fact safe, then... Yeah, and, and it's like your ego trying to defend you from um, public scrutiny, you know. Yeah. Uh, pain is trying to defend you from physical uh, yeah. harm. And uh, just like you have to disassociate from thoughts, feelings and emotions that are no longer serving you, you've got to learn to disassociate from pain that's no longer serving you. And that's, I guess, what this is all about, this discussion, you know. Someone who's been experiencing pain for a very long time and, uh, and is in denial about the state that they're in or is holding on to an incomplete picture, you know, I'm compromised, my body is hurting, and it's therefore it, I must be um, not be able to um, participate in certain exercise and things like that and, and get moving, and I need these pills continually to manage that. Um, that person, without learning 
like without acknowledging that, that 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 is no longer serving them and they need to disassociate from it it's going to be very hard for them to change their their outcome and the, and and their behavior and their thoughts and things like that you know so this is why it was so exciting to go into this topic off the back of what we spoke about before because we did cover a lot on psychology and and the reasons why people self-sabotage and don't achieve their goals and things like that and it's very yeah. much the same thing you know? yeah and i'd say that like you know if this is something that you really need help with unpacking and seeing a professional psychologist is a, is a good way of unpacking Packing this and sort of think, but you know, also with with physiotherapists who are now trained in sort of this uh, biopsychosocial approach, bio being what's happening in the actual body itself, uh, psycho being your psychology, and the social is also like the social um, parameters around you that impact what's going on. So if you're stressed at home or you know your work is you know you have to do things for work, like all of these things do impact your overall yeah, health absolutely. outcomes. Absolutely, I've come across people that I've worked with who were on like um, social security benefits because of a workplace related injury and part of their identity was they needed to get those benefits so there was an element of i don't and i you know i'm not suggesting that anyone doesn't want to get off benefits because they're injured you know injured but this there was a point where i was like you need to you know really get over this on a much deeper level because there's so much that you're holding on to in this past identity of you being injured and and i just say with this with this kind of you know negative spiral of you know if you get in pain again you will often then withdraw from activities which will then you know if you're withdrawing from exercise then you also lose those benefits of exercise which are you know going to be the endorphins if it's sort of on the cardio side of the spectrum it's going to be um building up those muscular systems that support your body and therefore if you've got less active support from those muscular systems and you're more likely to have you know more strain put on your passive structures so your bones your ligaments your joints and then you're quite likely to increase your pain and then also you know if you've got this downward spiral often your eating goes out the window and then your social life goes out the window your sense your sense of self-worth kind of goes down and so all of these things if you've been paying attention to all the the factors that increase your um, pain experience all of these factors are playing into things that will amplify your pain so it becomes really like challenging i do feel for people who suffer from chronic pain um to start to overcome these but you can see how it becomes a positive spiral once you do start to um you know increase your exercise you're also going to be improving your metabolic condition you're also going to be improving you know your sense of you know social life like all of these things also although they are a really tough um negative spiral they also do become a really positive spiral as well and that's a yeah now um we're going to wrap this episode up in just a few moments and there's a couple of things that i really want to leave leave people understanding that i'd like to make as well yep yep First and foremost, we are absolutely not saying that your pain isn't real and it's just it's just fabricated in your imagination. Pain is very real. And uh, I speak from personal experience on this matter. After having that horse riding accident as a young child, I was about eight years old when I fell off the horse. Uh, it was excruciatingly painful going through big growth spurts as a teenager. And I was seeking the help of professionals, many different. We tried chiropractic we tried seeing uh, aligning ourselves with physiotherapists but they were all um, very much on the old this is back in the 80s and 90s we didn't have this level of education back then and so it was very manipulative see how that there was no encouragement to exercise a certain way or exercise at all and um and I became heavily addicted to uh, medication as well and drugs. And then that led me down a pretty deep spiral that led to, as I got older, alcohol abuse and all sorts of other things. So uh, I, I speak from experience and I'm telling you that there is light at the end of the tunnel if you can get through this. And it does take a great support network. And it wasn't until I met someone who helped me exercise 
on a level that suited where I was at at that point in time that my life didn't um, sort of really transform. And that's what led me to becoming a personal trainer. I was so inspired by the experience I had that I felt that there was an opening or a, a, a need to help other people. And that's what essentially led me on the path to where I am today. So I'm very grateful for my pain. I'm very grateful for the experience because if that hap never happened, I could still be a mechanical engineer, you know, or something yeah. like that or something totally different. And uh, I wouldn't be having the opportunity to talk to you guys and speak to everyone here. So, you know, um, yeah, I just want to a say your pain is something that's real and it's something that has to be dealt with. And we're not suggesting that it's it's manifested by you uh, or you, you're imagining it is a better word. Um, but as speaking from experience, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I would say that it is absolutely manifested by you, but that's not yeah. to say that it's a, you know, that it's like, fake. Exactly. It's real, so, you know. yeah, what I want to, the point I want to have here is that, um, when, uh, Graham's point here is, is if I tell them it's on the brain, I'll probably be shot in the face. Um, I think that's a really important thing to acknowledge and what I really wanted this episode to hopefully kind of give more information about is that, um, the fact that it's coming, it's all in the brain is like, it, it, it does sound like you're discounting that pain, but 100% we're not. If you think about what happens when someone goes in for surgery, then basically, like, they basically just put the person to sleep, so they just switch the person's brain off, and then they cut people open and do all sorts of things. If you've, if you've ever seen a knee replacement surgery, it looks more like carpentry, where they, you know, <laughs> are actually getting saws and hammers, a, a mallets. As well. Like, you know, it's, it is oh. full-on stuff. And the <laughs> fact that, um, you know, someone can be alive and going through that is just incredible but yep. the fact that they can go through that is because they have their brain switched, switched off. off so they're not experiencing that pain despite the fact that they are alive yep. now when they um uh, come out of surgery people with knee replacements like it they don't tell you how much it hurts and the thing mm. is it really bloody hurts and and that is because once you switched on the brain again you've suddenly got all these signals coming from that now very much changed knee so yeah i just really want to point out that the fact that it's in your brain uh I know it sounds like it's discounting, but it's absolutely not. That's where we experience our consciousness. That's where we experience everything is through this brain. So anything you do experience in your head is very much real and important. And it's all just these, um, you know, but it is influenced by all these factors that we've talked about. So it's a signal you're getting from your body, what you're um, happening in your physiology, your metabolic system that impacts what's happening at your spinal cord level and whether that's being turned up or down. And then you're in your brain, it's your context. So if you're, you know, uh, running from a something that is trying to kill you versus if you're you know like you'll probably experience a bit less pain and if you're in a state where you've got your thoughts moods and beliefs that are really feeling threatened by the the experience and stimulus you're getting then it will be more pain so i just want to really like totally i totally understand graham that you know if you say it's all in, in, in their head it won't be helpful but um i think it's so key to understand that you know your, your brain is you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, your brain is you. Let's leave it on that. Yeah. And remember, guys, one last time, we just had it up on the screen. You can now have all of this goodness, insight, love, connection via audio on the podcast. And we're on every mainstream podcasting app. Uh, it sounds yeah. amazing. Phil does a really good job of getting it up there. And uh, yeah. yeah, and this is like, I, I know that I just never get around to watching YouTube videos. And so if you know someone else who loves podcasts or, um, you know, maybe likes what we do, but, uh, or, you know, could, could really benefit from what we're talking about, but maybe they don't listen to watch YouTube, then um, yeah, share the podcast. And 
Also, please smash the like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> we, had, we had a few people on here, and we've only had less than half yeah, of no them comments. hit the like button. Yeah. And there's no comments today. Yeah, this is uh, obviously people... a topic that is either confronting for people or people yeah. are just not interested. And I've said this before. Usually we get 10% of our viewers will hit the like button. It means so much to me if we get over that 10% number. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, just absolutely. As... <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for today. We're going to go a little bit deeper tomorrow. And then on Friday, we're going to wrap this series up with a whole bunch of strategies if you are experiencing some form of chronic pain. Uh, I really, really hope that this this is connecting and resonating with the right people. I know that there's a lot of people in our audience that probably aren't, but it's also really useful for understanding that when you do sort of um, do something in the in the gym while you're training that hurts, you know, go along and see a um, a well qualified person who's qualified to diagnose what that is. Don't use Doctor Google, and then move on from it. Don't don't um, create an uh, an injury identity for yourself. Uh, it's the worst possible thing you can do for rehab. Yep, and I really encourage you. Like, I'm sure if there's people who are watching this who don't have pain, they know someone who does. And yeah, absolutely. So share it with yeah, them. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you very much for joining us. We love and respect you all, and uh, we are absolutely grateful to share the time with you. Yeah. We will see you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.